All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Positively Charged Wrestling with your lovely host, Braden and uh, Josh. What's up, guys? Um, wow. What's... <laughs> uh, I'm, this literally feels like we're in a movie. Uh, everything has shut down, essentially. Uh, people are freaking out buying, buying toilet paper left and right, but... Through it all, through it all, by some miracle, we still have good old wrestling. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? And first and foremost, off the top here, in I mean, we'll we'll get into all the craziness, but I want to I want to just say right off the top, there's been some people complaining uh, that the shows aren't that good, that this, that that, whatever. Every other production has ceased. These men and women are trying to provide some form of entertainment, some form of normalcy. I commend them for it. I'm hoping they're doing it safely. Uh, I would like to think that both companies are. Um, so it, uh, I, I commend them for it that it's, um, this is wild. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the ones that are complaining because the shows aren't up to what they're normally normally are or whatever. I, you know, I'm just like turn it off and 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 get off. You know, whatever whatever platform you're complaining on, just because there's no need for complaining right now. They're giving us something when nobody else is able to give us anything, and there's there's no room for that complaining. Let's just enjoy it or don't. Yeah, but yeah, leave the complaints at the door. Uh, certainly, and I, and I think. Given everything, uh, we'll, we'll dive off into it here, cover kind of breeze through the past couple weeks here. I think through everything, um, I, I thought I think this build to mania, uh, has been pretty darn good. Um, AEW's had some good stuff, uh, so so let's um, let's dive into it, uh, from uh, the March 9th raw. Uh, I'll kind of really quickly go through this if you have anything um just chime in we kick off with a promo from becky uh and uh, uh kind of running down Shayna. uh solid stuff there um mysterio and garza um I, i'm i'm liking what they're doing with uh with Garza, Mysterio, Humberto, and um, Andrade, uh, I, I would almost like to see some kind of proper lucha faction eventually come out of this, uh, rather than lucha house party. Nothing against those guys, but it is a bit hokey, just to be blunt. Yeah. Uh, th- those guys are phenomenal workers, but uh, I-, I would like to see some kind of serious lucha lucha faction come out of this um moving along and like i said i'm i'm gonna go rapid fire uh especially on the the week before here um charlotte uh kind of a same deal that uh, becky had just kind of running down the uh ray ripley um i'm excited for both women's matches uh well i say both women's matches and uh Friday, there was a, another women's match announced. We'll get to that. But uh, the 
Charlotte and Becky matches certainly, I, I think, could be really good. Um, uh, Bobby Lashley siding, um, taking uh, taking out Zack Ryder. I mean that that was what it was. One big thing of note. <clears throat> yeah, I know, right? One big thing of note uh, before all the craziness happens. Uh, I guess no more animatronic spider. Um, sad face. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Drew, I, Drew, I get the idea that maybe they showed the animatronic spider the week before, so that way when he crushed the cage, you know, yeah, it wouldn't be like, well, Drew, Drew just killed whatever's in there, and you know, give him like some kind of heel heat or yeah. anything like that, maybe, or or also to keep uh like the animal rights because yeah, keep them off their base and be like it was a fake spider, that's what was in there, you know, that yeah. way. Oh, or I mean, most everyone hates spiders, so it's like kill it, kill it, smash it, so. That, that's true. That's true. That gave Drew like the ultimate uh, uh, face heat. Or not heat, but uh, they're like, oh, yeah, he's killing spiders. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, or so, to anybody that wouldn't get any interest out of the storyline, they're like, he's killing storylines. <laughs> oh, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, th- that was that was fun stuff. Um, the the Kabuki Warriors, uh, Natalia and Liv Morgan, uh, Kabuki Warriors pick up the win. Uh, another big thing that uh, happened on this March night was AJ Styles cut one heck of a promo on Taker, um, basically calling out his wife, uh, calling him Mark Calloway, calling him by his real name, and. I I really enjoyed this. I, I thought, um, and and we'll get more into it here, uh, based on what happened this past Monday. But I I'm excited about this match. Um, crowd or no crowd, I I, I don't know. We, we'll get into all that. But I, I'm excited about this match. I thought this was a great promo. Um, made it personal, and uh, at this. point, stage in the game, I think this is the direction you need to go with Undertaker. Well, what do you yes. think about this? I, I liked it. Um, now, now, granted, um, uh, my favorite character of Taker is the dead man. Yeah. But, like you said, at this stage in the game, this kind of, I don't know, it takes away that um, supernatural, unbeatable type monster Taker, you know, and it kind of brings him down. And it, and it leaves a little door open for more storyline, uh, storytelling because you know he can, he seems a little more human, you know. Yeah. So they can uh, they can get to him a little more, you know. They can they can make it personal, and you know, because you know, well, I'm not going to say it can't be made personal as the dead man because uh, Punk did a good job with the Paul Bear storyline, right? You know, so I mean, it can be made personal with Taker, but it's it's a little easier to get there with when he's uh, humanized a little bit, and uh, and um, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it too. Um, Styles is. Styles is in, kind of in his own class. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to do the the comparison that keeps. You know, I think this comparison got done from the time Sean uh, retired the first time. But it's always like, who's the next Shawn Michaels? Who's the next Shawn Michaels? And I think Styles is about as close. It, I, I think when it's when it's all said and done, I mean, you got your flares, Brett, Sean. You, you got your 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 top five in no certain order. I think when it's all said and done, 
Styles is probably going to be knocking on the door of that top five all time of of sheer in ring talent, and, and yep. I don't think there's going to be many people that argue that. Uh, and I think he'd be a good one to. He'll, he'll have a good match with Taker. Oh, I do too. I I, I think uh, I will venture to say it will be Taker's best match uh, since the Punk match. So, yep. um, moving along. Uh, mm. <clears throat> drink a coffee there. Uh, moving along, we uh, we get a little MVP edge segments. Uh, so, I mean, a solid stuff here. wasn't uh, quite as good as what we got this past Monday. We'll get more into that. Um, and uh, I mean, I mean, I'm liking this whole this whole build. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I think this match being the last man standing and yet again, once we get the reviews aside, we'll kind of get more into this. I think a last man standing match with no crowd actually benefits this match. Um, So we'll we'll get more into why I think that in a bit, but um, then, uh, we get a video package with uh, Lesnar, uh, Alistair Black, and um, Seth Rollins, which I'm hoping is not the last we see of these two. It was really quick, and they could have just been saving it. Um, get a uh, eight-man tag to end it. Um, I mean, it's de- decent show. Nothing. I mean, couple couple highlights there. Uh, with a couple segments and uh, we uh, NXT um, admittedly, I, I have been keeping up with their reviews. As I've said, I, my viewership goes to AEW on Wednesday nights, nothing against the NXT men and women, but I'm, I'm just, that's where it goes. Uh, but uh, Keith Lee, still your North American champion. Um, Mia Yim, number one contender for the uh, women's title. Uh, Kushida picking up a win. Um, Charlotte Flair, more more good stuff. I did catch that segment, uh, the Charlotte Flair, uh, Ray Ripley confrontation on there and that and that was good um of course this one emanated from the performance center with fans before things got all wacky and weird um and uh tag team championship match broserweights versus undisputed era um broserweights pick up the win and uh champa and gargano uh just more good stuff it amazes me. I will say this. <clears throat> uh, so, I think Takeover has been has been canceled. The Hall of Fame has been canceled. Uh, WrestleMania. We'll go ahead and let this cat out of the bag if people haven't heard. Is now apparently going to be two nights, um, which is wild because on the last show we, I think we discussed that what it would look like is two nights. Uh, <laughs> I'm certainly. Don't think they imagine it under this circumstances, but it's it's going to be two nights, and and 
so it amazes me that last year Chomp and Gargano didn't get to finish their story because I think uh, Ciampa got hurt, I, I believe, um, or, or something to that effect. Uh, they, they've basically got the rug yanked out from under them the past two years, and, and they've actually told one of the best stories overall um, in the past five to ten years and anywhere. It, it's been a phenomenal story, um, and just unfortunate that they don't get to pro- properly put it into it. Um, but uh, hopefully, eventually, they will. Uh, yeah, two yeah. two phenomenal guys, two phenomenal workers. Um, oh, you you mentioned the uh, Hall of Fame there. Uh, I I saw a tweet the other day from uh, um, Georgia Smith, the British Bulldogs dog. Yeah. And apparently, from what I'm hearing, they're going to try and push the Hall of Fame over to SummerSlam weekend. Well, okay, that's so. So it's it's still happening. That from what I'm hearing, it's just going to be. Uh, Move down later in the year. Okay. Well, so that's I, cool. I don't have a problem with that. And, you know, I probably wouldn't have a – I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll see permanent changes from this. Maybe WrestleMania will, going forward, be two nights. Maybe the Hall of Fame will move to SummerSlam. Who knows? Maybe that'll be a better fit uh, to give SummerSlam a little bit more oomph. Who, who knows? Um, true, true. But uh, moving forward um, – Dynamites uh, from the 11th. Uh, Cody versus Ortiz opened up the show. Decent match. Of course, we get uh, the reveal that Jake Roberts' client is Lance, Lance Archer. Um, I look forward to seeing what they do there. Um, then uh, Chris Statlander, Akira Shida, Nile Rose, Bea Presley. Bea Presley at the end teased a... Uh, T's going after the title. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman butchering the blade. Um, Lucha Express. Uh, this was this was okay. I no problem with this at all. Um, then uh, the <laughs> one highlight for me that I popped for was uh, Doctor Britt Baker comes out with Tony Schiavone, and I'm loving these segments each week. I think Britt Baker is really settling in to her heel role. I'm not sure how much of this you've seen, um, the the stuff with Shivani, but Big Swole, who I've said on here before, I, I really dig her, um, came out. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Big Swole, I didn't know this, uh, is married to Cedric Alexander. So kind of neat. Uh, Britt Baker said something to the effect, uh, um she hasn't had any relevance here. And the only person these fans care about in your household is her boyfriend. And Swole said that she's married, baby. So kind of a little call out to both Alexander and Adam Cole. I thought that was, I, I didn't know at the time about Alexander, but I immediately popped for the baby part. Cause that was a meat like the fans did too. That was great. Um, so, so maybe a little feud brewing there. I, I like both ladies. Um, uh, Death Triangle picks up the win. <laughs> picks up the win over uh, Joey Janela and Private Party. Um, they do have a neat little shirt on the uh, pro wrestling piece. It's like three skulls with a triangle. Uh, 
intertwined through it. Uh, but yet again, to your point, it sound it looks like a metal shirt. It sounds like a metal <laughs> band. So maybe that's what they were going for. It, I don't know. It might be. Um, that's that. That is exactly what I think every time I hear it. Though we are Death Triangle, <laughs> and we're here to rock your face off. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we uh, we get a sit down interview with uh, Moxley and Jr. And little thing, random thing. Uh, what's your thoughts on the design of the AEW World Title? I, I, I'm not sure if I, if I've asked this. Um, kind of big. <laughs> uh, I, I think it looks nice. It is a little big, but that that kind of throws you back to the uh, the big gold. So that that's kind of that's kind of cool. And I and I think it's to me. I, I think it looks like a legitimate, like the big gold, like a UFC title, like a like a yeah. like a legitimate title. Um, I didn't like it at first, but but it's grown on me. It really has. Um. At least it's not a big W. So <laughs> just just saying. Um, but uh, moving along, uh, Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page, who I think if they wanted to go this route, would probably make a good tag team in their own right. Uh, just kind of outlaw Cowboys. Um, picking up a win over Dustin Rhodes – or Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page picking up a win over uh, Jericho and Guevara. Um, I love what they've done with Hangman Page. I think he's he he's kind of tiptoeing his way in Stone Cold territory without fully ripping it off. And, and I think they're handling that really well. Um, so, uh now getting to last Friday's episode of SmackDown, this is where things get weird because this is when the no fans started. Um, one highlight from this show was uh, Triple H on commentary. I, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. So... <clears throat> Bailey, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross. Um, tag match opens up. Interview with Roman Reigns. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, they replay the Elimination Chamber. I could imagine. Um, uh, I could imagine, you know, much like the Rumble from this past Monday, we're going to be seeing a little bit more of this. Um so, you know, that, that ate up about an hour of uh, hour of TV time. They announced that Rob Gronkowski is coming to, to WWE. So that's an, actually, amidst all this craziness, that's actually fairly huge news uh, because I would imagine he's probably going to be getting in the ring at some point, I would think, at SummerSlam. Um, so the Gronk in WWE. What do you think about that? I was expecting it a couple of years ago, but uh, right. so a little later than I was expecting. But uh, I noticed they're using um, Mojo kind of to introduce him in and stuff, which that makes sense because they're buddies and all. Um, 
He's got a he's he's got one of them larger than life kind of personalities. It, it fits. He, he yeah, fits. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It, you know, I I don't know how well he'll adapt to wrestling. You know, I'm sure it'll be more of a just a powerhouse type. You know, tackles and stuff like that. But uh, uh, personality wise and character wise, he's already got that. So uh, I think, like you said, it, it you summed it up pretty well. It, it fits. It, it just should be a natural fit for him. Um, we get uh, Jeff Hardy returning on this show. Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, uh, you know, having what I wish was a longer, or I wish they would have had a longer match. Uh, And uh, the thing, we end the show with John Cena and Bray Wyatt. And I'll have to say the one thing with all these no crowd shows over the past week and a half now. Promos have a little bit more oomph. Um, when you got the right guy out there, uh, and these two guys, Cena and Wyatt, um, yeah, it. I, I thought it emphasized what they were saying. You didn't have, you know, the what chance. You didn't have this is awesome chance or no, it was a theater essentially. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this promo. It made me more excited for this match. Uh, Wyatt explained how Cena beating him six years ago, kind of changed him, sent him down this downward spiral that he's, that he's on now. Um, so, so I, I enjoyed this, uh, this promo. Um, what, what was your thoughts? It's pretty good. Um, I, I remember the the original feud. The build up for it was really awesome. Yes, and uh, so it's kind of cool that they're they're doing a little throwback to that. And and um, I think this is going to be one of the times where uh, Cena puts over Wyatt. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping. I think Cena got the win last year, or not last year, last time. Um, and I think it'll be huge for Bray. Um, plus, I mean, if you look at it, he's he's. Since the the Fiend character, since the whole uh, changing character for Bray, you know he's like skyrocketed as one of the top. He was already a big star in the company, but he, he skyrocketed as one of the top interest but from fans. You know, everybody wants to know what he what he's going to do next and everything. So now he's going to be in there against uh, Cena, which you know, arguably the top star. What for the past however many years yeah uh, and uh so you know i think it's a huge spot for him and uh if he does get that win or even if you don't just be in there with him which he he was in there with him originally you know i'm not not uh downplaying that one but uh you know it, it, it's right where Bray needs to be yep and it's better than having the belt on him in my opinion oh yeah you know oh yeah um we uh moving forward to this past monday we opened up the show with edge who apparently drove eight or nine hours in a truck from North Carolina to Florida uh, because of travel restrictions to deliver this promo. Um, and uh, what a promo. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, it, the, the no crowd emphasized uh, what he was saying. Um I like that he was looking into the camera. That's something they don't do enough. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I like it when, I get when there's a crowd there, you have to somewhat play to the crowd. 
but I also like it. Cody did this uh, back in November during uh, the Jericho feud in that classic promo uh, the, uh, in the build-up to that. He, he looked directly into the camera quite a bit, and I like it when they do that because um, it, it really you – you have an arena there, true, but you also have a bigger arena at home. And, and yeah. I, I really felt – you know what what Andrew was saying here. Um, good stuff. Um, I and going back to my earlier point, a last man standing match. Uh, yeah, these brawls and stuff for for an arena full of people, stadium full of people. I guess if if it was happening uh, as planned, um, can get a bit boring because you're you're in row you know two twenty five A and you're watching the Titan drawing for the majority of the match. But this, they have free reign with no crowd to do whatever they want. Nobody's going to have an obstructive view. And I think for a last man standing match, they can brawl all over uh, the arena, the performance center, wherever they're at. Um, so I think in this case, it actually benefits them. Uh, what say you? Yeah, it should be an interesting, uh, different scenario. Um, it kind of makes me think of uh, we were talking about how they should just book WrestleMania as all empty arena matches. Yeah, so that way we could build toward. But uh, yeah, it should be pretty cool because they can go they can go anywhere. They've uh, th- they got free reign of the whole building, the whole like out in the where the chairs are set up and everything. Um, this this could be a very creative situation, and uh, well, I don't know. <clears throat> Their their match is one of my main things of uh okay granted that you know the main thing is WWE still putting these shows on for the fans and uh, people were talking about WrestleMania you know we'll just postpone it well I mean Edge and Orton is a prime example that they've got this personal heat going on between each other mm-hmm. and I understand you know you could just postpone everything but I, I worry it would take us out kind of yeah. of what's going on in the story. Yeah. You know, we we all know that we all know it's a story, you know, that's, you know, that all right, I'm going to pull the curtain back for a second. <laughs> <laughs> to anybody listening, we all know it's a story and they don't really hate each other. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I worry that if, if we postpone stuff, we would lose something there. And, uh, I understand I understand people who've had tickets being irritated because they can't go and they wish it would be postponed. But I think it's the right step to go on and at least get to Mania. Yeah. Now, if they if they want to make it, and they could, if they want to make a change after Mania, and uh, you know, once we get to Mania and be like, all right, now we're going to kind of, you know, if if they decide to just start running clip shows every week or something, I, I could understand. But we've already started building stuff. Everybody kind of wants to get there. It's going to be hard on fans and performers to pause and come back, you know. So, that the Edge Orton was one of my main think, thoughts of, you know, I think it's a good idea to go on and do an empty arena WrestleMania, even, you know, even if it's not an ideal situation, because it would just seem weird, you know. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want that to be the main, you know, well, Josh, he thinks it'll be weird, so let's go on and do WrestleMania, you know, that type of thing, yeah. but... I don't, I don't know. I know where I'm wanting to go with this thought, no, but I can't get there. But uh, I agree with you. And supposedly, 
<clears throat> supposedly they're taping. Like that that's another big thing we'll go ahead and talk about since like uh supposedly they're taping um all of this week's shows through Mania. Uh there's been talk that Mania will itself will actually be taped. Um and they're doing multiple locations uh for Mania. So I don't have a problem with either of those things. Get it in the can uh, because you don't, you don't know what's going to what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, it, the country could go on lockdown or, or shut down, what have you. You, I mean, they could. They've already gotten the rug yanked out from under them. So uh, I have no problem with the taping uh, taping WrestleMania. I, I'm, as long as the spoilers don't leak. And at this point, yeah. I don't see how they could uh, if there's no crowd. So, I mean, it's basically a television production at that point. Um, so, true, true. so, yeah, I think that's the smart move. I mean, it is going to be a strange, strange thing, but just get through it uh, safely. Uh, it's, you know, sanitary, whatever you want to say. Uh and then go from there. If you if you tape up two mania, maybe tape a couple shows after. Who, who knows what it's going to look like after that, you know? But get that in the can, get that out there, and kind of hedge your bets. So, um, like you said, with the uh, <clears throat> the spoilers leaking, uh, if it does, they're going to have a pretty good idea of where it come from because it's going to be a limited amount of people involved. Exactly. So, and uh, honestly, if it leaks out there, and some of the uh, the dirt sheet guys decide and the internet guys decide, well, I'm going to post spoilers for that. That's pretty bad right now. And in, in the situation we're all in, you know, and we're watching this, it's, 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 it's the only sport type of entertainment we've got right now. Yeah. And, uh, to, to be like, well, I'm going to spoil it to get hits on my site or something yeah. like that. That's pretty common and low down right there. Cause you know, give us this, Yeah. <laughs> give, give us this, let us watch it and enjoy it. And, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it uh, m- moving along here. Uh, they showed the rumble after Edge's promo. Um, another, another. Uh, I mean, it was a solid rumble. We've we talked about before. Uh, then more uh, clip show esque stuff there. I guess you'd say to kind of fill time in. Then we get the um, the contract signing between Taker and Styles. And this is where Taker kind of was reminiscent of Biker Taker, uh, was, was digging this. Uh, Taker takes out uh, Gallows and Anderson, signs the contract. Um, solid stuff here. I enjoyed it. Uh, Andrade versus Mysterio. Um, decent. I mean, um, Becky Lynch, who made her entrance outside in a, in a semi. And I've read that uh, Mania had went on as planned. That was going to be part of her Mania entrance. Oh, that's cool. Um, so I guess they had it. They needed to use it. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll just have her pull up at Raw. Um, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good promo uh, there. Um, Owens challenged uh, Seth Rollins, uh, brought up the Performance Center, um, Stone Cold came out to close the show. This was this was weird, but I think they made it work. Um, uh, 
the you know the give me a hell yeah thing and then painting to the to the empty seats was a little bit odd and then Byron Sexton got him a nice little rub from this whole thing. Uh yeah. It was I kind of I kind of laughed at the whole empty seat pan. I thought that was kind of yeah. It, it was one of the instances where they're like, "Hey, we're in this situation. Let's let's make a little light of it. You know, let's let's have a little fun with it." Because yeah, it was it was a neat little segment. They they did they made the best out of what they could with it. Um, so yeah, uh, it um it was um like I said, it was a neat little segment. It fell a little flat wasn't the best segment but i th- i kind of think Aust- i think this segment was a victim of the empty arena thing cuz they've been talking about austin being on there for 316 i'd seen it on online a couple of mentions of it and everything and i kind of wondered I, I bet they had a little more planned for him with the uh, original plan for this show mm-hmm. i i'm sure it would you know I'm, I'm not going to be like everybody else and be like, you know, Austin was going to wrestle or something like that. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't going to be anything like, along those lines, but I kind of feel that they were, Austin was going to have a little more to do on the episode, but, uh, you know, things happened, things got changed. And then this, I figured this was kind of like a stra- scrounged together idea just to, to have a segment with him on there since, uh, the show wasn't what the show was planned to be. So, uh, I, I give it credit for that. Uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of figured he was going to be kind of like the host and, start the whole episode off and everything, but like I said, plans changed and that might not have been the plan, but you know, plans changed things to happen. They, they kind of rolled with what they had to, and they got him, they got him on ta- on camera. They did the segment and stuff. And I, for what it was, it was all right. Yeah. Uh, NXT this past week, uh, basically a highlight show clip show, uh, not a lot going on there. So we'll just focus on dynamite. Um, side note. So, so I told you Cody Rhodes, I posted his number. So it's, it's like a, from what I understand, it's, it's a thing called community. I think you can make a, you can have like a, um, a, a community phone number. Uh, it's, it's a site called community and, um, posted it. I text it and somewhat disappointed because it's almost like a personalized to this, group of people like a personalized Twitter feed. We've gotten a couple pictures of Pharaoh, his dog, um, a workout plan. Uh, and apparently at noon, he's going to announce a match for next week's dynamite. So I was hoping to like actually and granted, I get it. Once he posted that number, there was probably thousands of people that text it. But I was hoping, hey, maybe I could be a lucky one and actually get a personalized text from Cody. But I'm beginning to understand he's probably just sending out mass text. Still, still pretty cool. I mean, neat little thing. Uh, but uh, just it's it's wild to see a random, just random text, and there's Cody Rhodes because it, it pops up the the way that number saved to my phone. It automatically saved as Cody Rhodes. Um, so I don't know, kind of wild, neat, neat little stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously he opened up this past week on Dynamite. Uh, I thought this was really well done. Uh, you know, and he, if you've not seen this promo, as, as with a lot of Cody promos, he's, he, he, he has a cadence to him. He doesn't have, 
he's got that Rhodes cadence, um, you know, Dusty uh, had a certain way he cut promos, and and with the lift, baby, you know, with the the, the Dusty Rhodes lift, and but he doesn't have that. But he 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 kind of took from his father the the cadence. I get. I, I'm not sure how to describe it. And this was a phenomenal example. Um, if you've not seen it, go out of your way to watch it. Uh, at least the first couple minutes where it's just him, and he really intertwines what's going on in, in the world with the inner circle and the elite because he, he kind of winks at what's going on in the world and then also intertwines it with the story. And I, I thought that was very well done. Um, it was, it was a good promo. Um, I don't know where this come from while I was watching it, but for some reason, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like I said, it's a odd comparison, but while he was talking, I was it, it was like, it reminds me of somebody. It reminds me of somebody. And it kind of clicked in my head. Somehow Cody reminds me of uh, Shane Douglas during the old ECW days. I could. I don't know. I don't know why, but it, that's who it was, who was kind of sneaking into my head while Cody was talking. I could see that. I, you know, that's, that's a fair comparison. Shane uh, certainly could talk uh, and had a, had a very eloquent way of speaking. Um, I, I could see that. Um, so I, I, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, I'll give him props on that because I was always a big Douglas fan back in the ECW days. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, they open up the show. Uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Matt Jackson come out. Um, just a good segment. If you've not seen it, go your way to watch it. Um, so something they did here, I'm going to say right off the top, that I think they actually did better than WWE. And I'm not just being that AEW mark, but they put the hard cam facing the entranceway so you did not notice the empty seats. Yep. I, I thought that was good. They also had I, wrestlers. I noticed that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I noticed that part, like, right as the show come up, started up. Uh, I, I didn't see the whole episode. I saw the... Uh, so far, what we've talked about, and uh, I've seen clips of some other stuff, which we'll get to. But uh, that's one of the first things I noticed was the that we were facing the entrance way, so we weren't staring at empty chairs and stuff like that. And I, I thought I give them props on that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it give you it give you something to where while you're like if you're waiting for somebody to come down or you're waiting for something to get going, you know there was there was something visually there instead of just hey, there's some empty chairs out there. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so, so I thought that was good. And they, and they had wrestlers in the crowd, uh, or, or a wrestler crowd, whatever you want to say. I mean, uh, probably 10, five or 10 wrestlers on each side faces with faces, heels with heels. I thought that was smart, uh, because it still kind of felt like there was some sort of a crowd there. Um, but I opened up with Lucha Brothers versus Best Friends, um, decent little tag match, uh, so, um, Penelope Ford, Rio, Chris Statlander, Kiro Shida, uh, another solid stuff there. Uh, the, uh, another little thing with the Moxley being interviewed by, uh, Tony Schiavone. Um, uh, and obviously he's going to get involved in the blood guts slash war games match whenever it happens. Apparently they have delayed that match and, and kind of put it on the back burner. 
I guess, until they had a crowd. Supposedly, before all this happened, they had all but sold out uh, that New Jersey arena they were going to be in, um, uh, like 15,000 seats for a dynamite. They, they were right at sold out. So it was going to be a huge crowd. Um, so for, for this blood and gut show, uh, so certainly unfortunate for those in attendance and, and the, yeah. Yeah. or that were going to be in attendance, but, um, hopefully they can honor those and, and have that huge crowd down the line. Uh, Jurassic Express butchering the blade. Um, decent, decent little match here. Uh, then we get the exalted one, uh, finally revealed. And, uh, I mean, it was kind of a coin toss between two people. It winds up being Brody Lee, AKA Luke Harper. Uh, yeah, the, the video, uh, they, they done like a little video thing. And, uh, I, I thought this was, I thought this was good. Um, and, uh, certainly legitimizes the, uh, the dark order a bit. Um, yeah, that's one of the parts I did see. I did see the, uh, uh, video on like Facebook or Twitter or something like that. I saw it floating around, uh, um, Pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, excited to see what he can do. I've, my exposure has only been the uh, White Family, Luke Harper character, and he was kind of limited yep. in that. Um, so, you know, cool to cool to open the door and see what else what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, then uh, Jake Roberts getting a little promo. Uh, said Archer's not there to talk, and said. Um, you know, it's it's going to become personal. They're going to get his attention. Then we get like a uh, a little video clip of uh, Archer and what looks to be uh, in, in a backyard somewhere and, and just destroying some people. That was pretty neat. Um, and uh, yeah, it. I, I think, uh, you know, stuff like this is certainly where AEW can excel the little video packages to intertwine things uh, during this crazy time. Um, then uh, we get the main event, Inner Circle versus Cody, Mac Jackson, and uh, Hangman Page. Um, this, uh, I, I thought this was... This was pretty neat, um, especially when uh, Jericho came out. Um, we uh, we had Sammy Guevara keeping up the the tradition of singing Judas uh, just all by him by his lonesome. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny, um, and and I found myself. Like uh, just rocking out to Judas as well. It's it's a catchy song. It really is. <laughs> like um, I, I didn't realize it. I guess it really kind of struck home with me whenever I heard the crowd, you know, start singing it. And I'm like, well, I want to listen to this song and see what all the fuss is about. And it's it's a catchy song. It really is. Like it it's so catchy. I I, I kind of. I've kind of forgotten uh, 
break the walls down. It like not really forgotten it, but now I, I it just it's Jericho. So that so that's because break the walls down is an all time great wrestling song. So th- that's the strength of this song. That's <laughs> um, but it's kind of kind of cool. Well, uh, what I started to say kind of I guess anybody could be like, well, a lot of people have done that, but uh, it's kind of cool when you got somebody that can they can sing their own wrestling wrestling theme music. Yep. Yep. But I get, you know, I guess people can be like, well, Sean did that, and so you know, but uh, or DiBiase did that, but this is a little bit different, you know. Oh yeah, this is like two of two of his uh, projects that gets kind of meshed together right there with his interest. So that is that is really cool. Um, and uh, the the six man tag was was pretty good. Um, a couple neat little things is they called Adam. Hangman Page, Adam Handwash Page, and uh, practicing social distancing since November. Uh, neat little stuff there. Um, but uh, the big story coming out of this was at the end we get uh, we get the debut of Matt Hardy. Um, I, I thought this was was pretty neat. Um, so, I mean, it it wasn't a a mega surprise, but I, I thought it was pretty well done. Um, I, yeah, the, the immediately when the drone came down, I mean, I had a good feeling what it was. So good, good stuff there. Um, what, what do you think of this? That, that's pretty cool. Uh, that, that's another thing I'd seen a clip online of, um, uh, kind of, kind of cool. And, and it ties into his, uh, 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 videos he's been doing on his, uh, Twitter and stuff like the um, there's one where like the young bucks pull up. We may have discussed this. I can't remember where they like at the end of it they pull up and get out of the car. And yeah, they're there for him. So it kind of ties into that. And uh, I I do have a slight hot take on the Matt Hardy situation. Okay. So so this might be a little uh, uh I don't know. Um, okay. I, I've heard a lot of people fussing about you know well he was so poorly handled in WWE and and stuff like that. And and granted. I will say his he's got more creative freedom now, and that is a good thing. You know, he's very creative, especially with this character and everything. But um, and 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 I'll give I'll give this out there too. He was the last little bit of his run in WWE. He was kind of handled as a jobber. I'm not going to deny that because uh, and you know if if he's pretty much has already kind of gave the the nod that he's going to leave. I don't blame them for not really pushing him. You know. Right. You're not going to invest in something that you know is not going to continue to get to, you know, to support you. You know, you're not, they're not going to be like, well, we're going to let him win all this and go here. You know, you're not going to do that if he's already pretty much kind of said, hey, I'm probably going, you know. Um, but as far as the, the broken character, I've heard a lot of people like kind of fuss about them. You know, well, they, they did horrible with that. But and I may be I may have facts kind of skewed in my mind, but I, I remember when he first when the Hardys first showed back up. And uh the character was kind of tied up in legal battles with uh, TNA at the moment or impact at the moment. Yeah. Because he couldn't use it. So they couldn't use him that right off the bat. And then when all of that was done, they got to kind of go into the character. And then, you know, they they did the ultimate deletion match and stuff like that. And and granted it was reined in a little bit. But I'm sure as things went on, we would have touched on that a little more. And they put him and Bray together, and that was interesting. And then, from what I remember, he got hurt. And they had to, like, scratch the whole storyline until he got better. 
I had heard that he was going to like retire. Yeah, like he couldn't wrestle anymore. And then suddenly he can, you know, I, I guess everything was okay and he could come back and wrestle and everything. And that's when we started show, seeing him show up just as Matt Hardy. It wasn't the, the woken, broken character anymore. So I, I I wanted to come in with that because I hear a lot of people fussing about, you know, well, they just dropped the whole ball on it. And from, the, from my vantage point, it looked like when they were starting to use the character, that's when he got hurt, you know. Well, So we didn't really get to see it come to fruition of what we could have got. So, so to, to kind of piggyback off your point there, look, the, the the woken broken character, I caught a little bit of it in TNA because it, it did it did well for TNA. I mean, a lot of people it got buzz. I'm not the biggest fan of it. it. It's it's out there. It's different. I don't know if I fully get it. Um, I I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just need to go back and watch the whole incarnation of it to get it uh so you know i i don't know if we're gonna fully see like tna uh broken matt hardy where it's just wild and wacky i don't know um but yeah i i like matt hardy i think he's got a heck of a creative mind um but I was never a huge fan of it. The ultimate elation match seemed like a fever dream. Uh, so, yeah, I I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, I think it's very creative, but uh, I've kind of gone back and forth on the character myself. Like, when it started, I'm not going to deny when it started and he was in Impact, I, I laughed at it because I thought it was so horribly bad that it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And 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 not not bad as in you know I'm not dissing Matt Hardy, I'm just saying it was so comical kind of yeah you know and, and that could be was, part of the appeal yeah yeah um and uh, I don't know I, I think it may it could be a character that's better on a um, in a smaller scale like uh, impact you know it, it gives you the opportunity to to go a little further with that creative and that that off the wallness, you know? Yeah. To where if um like um maybe if like if if he had come back and went into NXT, you know, it's a smaller scale or whatever and could have went everywhere, but you know in a bigger scale, on a on a bigger platform, you know, it's one of those characters that, you know, might not be as good if you go all out and go into his crazy creative situations you know yeah so i don't know I, and I, like i said i'm not dissing matt matt's actually my favorite hardy boy so i'm throwing that out there you know i'm not dissing matt i'm not dissing aw or whatever i just wanted to throw that part out there because i've not heard anybody really mention the fact that that they tried the, they couldn't use the character and then they tried to use the character and then he got hurt you know yeah i've just heard it heard it stated online as well they just you know horribly booked him and they just mishandled that and you know I've not heard the other side of that story been brought up at all, so I, I kind of want to throw that in there myself. Yep. So. Um, moving along, we get to this past Friday's SmackDown, and we get uh, Rob Gronkowski coming out, uh, strutting himself, doing the biggest dad dance there is. I mean, <laughs> it was just wacky. Uh 
probably would have served better in front of a crowd. But, I mean, um, yeah, we, we get uh, Corbin coming out. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's decent. Corbin is uh, a, a good heel to kind of play the foil to the, the host of WrestleMania and uh, we're, we're just going to ease Gronk into this. I, I, I think it's a solid way to do it. Um, Drew Gulak, Daniel Bryan, uh, Cesaro, and Nakamura. I, I'm liking what they're doing with Gulak and Bryan. There's some news that came out that apparently once Bryan's contract is up, he could be done. He, he's not really – I don't think he's hurt or injured. He just, I guess – kind of wants to be done. Uh, I don't know how much of that's rumor and innuendo or how much of it's true. Uh, not, yeah, even, I heard, not, not even sure how old Brian is. I don't think he's 40 yet. I don't know. Yeah, I heard mention that like he might uh, – he may kind of transition into that part-timer type role, you know, just show up every now and then or something. Yeah, um, which I'd be fine which with. I mean, yeah, yeah he's, he's got a family going on and everything like that, and and – Although him getting hurt and not being able to wrestle was a horrible thing at the time, you know, maybe, you know, he enjoyed being home with them and enjoyed more time with them. And he's come back and got to do, got to wrestling. And this will give him a chance to kind of go out on his terms. Yep. And, light, you know, then he can lighten his load if he wants to do the part time or thing and get more time with the family. So I'm, I'm fine with that too. Uh, we get a, um, a six pack challenge women's title match with, uh, uh, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Bailey, Sasha, um, Naomi, and Tamina. Uh, obviously, the big story here is uh, the Bailey Sasha Banks dynamic. Um, so that should be, you know, should be pretty decent. They actually showed this past week the Cena Wyatt match from WrestleMania 30. Um, so, more more filler, I guess you'd say. Um, we uh, we got a dirt sheet hosted by Ms. Morrison, um, and yeah, it was was what it was, mocking people. Um, I think I guess they're going to go for a you know uh, some kind of tag team turmoil match. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that, uh, but um, contract signing between Goldberg and and Reigns, uh, pretty intense stuff there. Not not a bad show. Um, so we got all that out of the way. So a lot to unpack here. Uh WrestleMania, as we said, is two nights. Filming from multiple locations. It's probably going to be taped. Um, I mean, to me, the card, I mean, if you just run down the card, Lesnar McIntyre, Goldberg Reigns, Edge Orton, um, Cena Wyatt, Lynch Baszler, Taker and Styles, Ray Ripley Charlotte, Owens and Rollins, the Six Pack Challenge, that's a solid card. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, it's not like they've not built anything 
worth watching. It's just unfortunate circumstances. Um, so, so I, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. I don't know how this mania is going to be worked back upon. I, I hate it, uh, for the fans, the men and women who, who like that big mania moment. But I'm, I'm hoping they can still somehow make it special, even without all this. So, 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 so what say you on, on this just crazy, what is probably going to be the most unique WrestleMania ever? That, that sums it up. This is going to be unique. Um, we've never had a situation like this. Uh, I don't know. Everything, everything out there is going is kind of crazy right now. It's a weird time. Um, it's cool that we're we're still getting it. It's cool that they're finding a way to be able to deliver it to us. Uh, like you said, they're they're uh, going to try and pre-tape some of it because uh, it's uncertain. You know, there might be we could get a time where they're like you know where you know government or whatever steps in and says, hey, you know, you guys got to quit this too. You know, and and. It'll just be clip shows or something, you know. Uh, yeah. But it's cool that they're gonna go through with this, and and I think uh, splitting it into two nights kind of will help. Um, I mean, because we still got quite a few matches already booked for it, so uh, you know it's gonna be a length, lengthy show. So I think splitting it in two nights will kind of alleviate uh, sitting through that much time with an empty arena, you know, because you know. I'm sure people are going to have that whole stigma of, you know, no crowd and there's going to be some who who can't really get into it as well. And it'll be easier to watch, you know, like a three hours one night and three hours the next night is sitting through like six hours of, you know, no fan interaction on the, yeah for their, for what they do. So I think that part might be a good idea. Um, I I don't know. I'm, it's going to be different, but uh, at the same time, I mean, looking at it as being different, you know, that, in a way, that's kind of exciting, you know, because this is a one-time thing. Well, hopefully, this is a one-time thing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, by next year, all this craziness will be blown over and stuff can get somewhat back to normal. And, and although it's an unfortunate circumstance, there's not going to be a crowd there. And that will, you know, it, in a way, it kind of dampens the moment for some people. Uh, most notably, you know, this is Edge's bigger turn match and Drew McIntyre's getting his shot assumingly, you know, he's going to beat Brock and, and get the belt, and this will be his uh, launching point. Um, and that kind of dampens that a little bit in a way. But uh, at the same time, it's, like I said, it, it's not exciting because of what's going on, but it's exciting because this is something different. You know, when we're going to look back at this and be like, hey, remember when all that craziness was going on? Mm-hmm. But we still, got, we still got WrestleMania, and we still got, we still got some moments, and uh, and we got through it, you know, and like you said, at starting us off, you know, wrestling was there. There is there through all this. And, and that's kind of one of those things, like, you know, through life, wrestling's a constant for me, you know, yeah. as a fan. No matter what craziness is going on in my life, I can always flip over and watch some wrestling. And, and that's cool, you know. And like I said, we'll be able to look back on it and be like, hey, we still got some mania moments. We still had some entertainment. You know, that was a crazy time, wasn't it? And, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. Certainly. Uh, yeah. Uh, another interesting thing to note, um, the next starting today, next Sunday, and then actually WrestleMania Sunday on ESPN, we get, uh, since they're actually starved for some kind of content, 
uh, but because every other sport is shut down, we're actually getting WrestleMania, some some more recent but classic WrestleManias on uh, on ESPN. Um, uh, starting tonight, we get uh, WrestleMania 30. I'll probably have that on. I'll probably click over there. That was actually a good show. Obviously, had the Yeslemania uh, with, with the Daniel Bryan story uh, streak ended. Uh, the as we mentioned, you know, uh, Cena and Wyatt. Um, that, that's that's actually one of the better manias in the past few years. Uh, so I'll probably at least watch that or have it on. Yeah. Um, then uh, the next Sunday we get Mania Thirty Two, which. To my recollection, aside from the triple threat women's match, was not that great. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, I'm just being honest. Uh, then uh, last year's Mania will air April 5th at uh, 2 o'clock, um, right before the second half of this year's WrestleMania. So uh, interesting stuff. I, I don't know if that's uh, dipping the toe in the water for possibly putting – uh, WrestleMania on ESPN Plus eventually, or the Big Four on ESPN Plus, or something to that effect. I, I don't know, but I could just be a, a thing where they're starved for content. And ESPN and WWE—they've got a semi-friendly relationship, so hey, here you go. We'll throw these on there. Um, but uh, wild stuff, wild stuff. Um, so <clears throat> we had. Uh, one, one big positive thing out of all this, uh, last Sunday, I think it actually debuted on Sunday. I watched it Tuesday morning, I believe. Uh, and uh, the, the Bret Hart Stone Cold Broken Skull Sessions. I love this. Um, this should probably be mostly the format going forward. I, now, I've not watched the Goldberg uh, or Kane or Big Show. Hasn't he had Big Show on the Broken Skull Sessions? Yeah, yeah, I've not seen that one yet. Uh, um, I, I've not seen the any of those three. I've watched Taker and Brett. I loved the the fact that they kind of watched part of their classic WrestleMania 13 match. That was awesome. Like, uh, I never knew that right there when Brett's uh, over there near the guardrail, that, that's where he, he sliced Austin open. It's like, you know, here's a little piece of business going on right there, but nobody mm-hmm. sees it. I, I still couldn't see it. I was watching, and I'm like, where does he do it? So yeah, I, I missed it, too. Yeah. I mean, they even tell you, and it's you still can't see it, so it's just tremendous. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought this was great. Um, they, they hit the right amount of uh, Montreal uh, – stuff uh without without hammering it to death because it's been hammered to death by now um yeah this obviously i was super excited about this one uh didn't disappoint um what what do you think about it it was good i watched this uh i think it was wednesday afternoon i uh hopped on the treadmill and that was my viewing for the uh whole walk and uh it was really good uh um yeah i enjoyed the uh them watching the match and or well, there's a couple segments that they watched and kind of did a little, uh, not not full matches, but little clips that they could do a little commentary over, you know, and pointing out some things. and And one of the cool things about that one, I've, I've kind of popped this because uh, we've talked about the uh, WrestleMania match a couple times on here, and um, 
they show the point where Brett grabs the ring bell and puts it on the side of the ring. Yep. And they talk about how, you know, that's going to play later, you know, and, and nobody knows it. And and we actually have discussed that exact moment, you know, that yep. how, how it was so, you know, just a, a minute detail that, you know, grab the ring bell, oh, go for a chair and just forget the ring bell. And now it's where it needs to be. And I don't know, I, I kind of popped for that because I was like, you know, that, that is cool. That's that's a, a little little spot right there that uh, that we had noticed and, and enjoyed and and they actually pointed it out in there. So that was kind of cool. And another thing I loved, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people like, um, say, Brett takes himself too seriously or he's, he's a mark for himself. Look, I love I love Eric Bischoff. Love me some Eric Bischoff, but I disagree with him on a lot of things Brett Hart related. I think Brett Hart took himself seriously because, I don't know, it was his livelihood. It was his job. I think in any job, you need to take yourself a little seriously. Um, and uh, to me, I think that's what made him stand out from a lot of people is it felt legit. You can still watch it now. And, and I think the way he approached the business, the seriousness, there wasn't a lot of uh, – there, there wasn't a lot of glitz and glamour. It was, you know, okay, he had the pink trunks and uh, and the pink and black attack and all that, but he just – it was a very serious manner. And um, but, but I think, you know, when he said on there, he wanted to leave a legacy of classic matches. That's all he wanted to do was just be able to look back and, and have classic match after classic match, and I, certainly he did that. And – and I've said it before on here, Andre is my favorite because he kind of made me fall in love with it. But I think 1B is certainly Brett. And, and I just um, – yeah, that this was – it was just stupendous. And, heck, I may even watch it again. I don't know. It was <laughs> – it was it was just great. Um, so you – I think you mentioned something, and we'll kind of segue into this, because you said it was semi-related to this. You mentioned something, a fantasy booking idea. Uh, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I had this idea while watching that. Uh, I said it, it, it didn't – it's more of just a question, but I think I've already got my fantasy booking in my head, and I, I think it'll kind of get you doing a little fantasy booking as well. Um, where they were talking about Brett leaving and going to WCW and – uh uh, the Brett was saying there's other people that, you know, don't go there, you know, don't go over there. They don't know what to do with you. Uh, I think it's been stated Vince had even told Brett at one time, you know, they won't know what to do with the Brett Hart over there. And, um, of course the situation played out like it did and Brett went there mm-hmm. and he, he said he didn't want to, you know, because of uh, what others had said. And plus he was happy in the WWF and everything. And, uh, but he ended up going there and okay, this is where this comes from. This is that question. How, does WCW get Bret Hart and then fumble the ball so horribly with him? Um, <laughs> See, that, that, that's a good question. Um, in my head, when I think of, okay, if we're in that situation, if Brett's coming to WCW, there's two scenarios that, and like, okay, once, once again, I'm going to disclaimer, this is fantasy book and this is just my idea. You know, I'm not one of those, well, what they should have done, you know, and and it being, you know, that's gospel. That's how it's got to be, you know. This is just fancy booking. But in my eyes, there's there's only two options for Brett coming in, okay? And they didn't really hit either of those. 
at the time period, Brett come in is of course Sting's getting his title shot. Mm-hmm. You know, so Sting Sting's got to go over Hogan naturally. Brett either takes one of two routes in this this scenario. Either Brett comes in and helps be one of the guys that rallies WCW against the NWO, basically him and Sting being the top top uh, rivals for the NWO, and or flip side after Hogan loses the belt Brett comes in and basically takes Hogan's spot and Hall Nash Brett you know that's your that's your NWO then you know Brett comes in and is like I'm, I'm a much better fit for this you know I, I think um, I mean he came in he, he came in to obviously a lot of fanfare and he came out kind of the face of that situation uh, because a lot of people didn't think, you know, he got screwed. Yeah. Um, I think, first off, I think the way they did the, when we talked about this before, you know, the Starcade 97, I think that's without a doubt the best buildup to a match in the history of wrestling. But the execution of the match itself, was certainly lackluster. I think playing off of the screw job was, I get why they did it. Don't get me wrong, but I think it was too soon. I think it was too on the nose. So I, I would lean more towards, um, I don't know if I would have waited until after Starcade to debut Brett. Um, I, I know why they did at Starcade. I mean, that's your biggest show ever. So you probably have to. But I, I don't know if you have Sting beat Hogan clean and then the NWO come running back with a vengeance and then you debut Brett. So I, I would lean more towards, you know, Sting and Brett kind of rallying the troops. And um, eventually you have a Sting and Brett match uh, later on in the year. Yeah. Um, yep. Something along those lines. I mean, I think he even said himself on the, the Broken Skull, he probably should have had Sting and he probably should have had Hogan yep. you know, pr- pretty quick, and he got neither of those. Uh, so um, I'm not sure how, how they did it, how, how they fumbled the ball. Uh, yeah, it uh, it's it, it kind of boggles, boggles the mind. Um because you have the hottest free agent that uh, that we may ever see uh, in wrestling because of the timing. Um, and they just bring him in and to just fumble the ball. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would I would lean more toward uh, him and Steen rallying the troops. So That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, well, both scenarios kind of – they lead themselves to – future stories too. Uh, just like you mentioned, my thought process was if him and Sting kind of rallied the troops and they're like the two top, eventually this is going to build to a Brett Sting match. Cause you know, they're, yeah. you can only have that one top spot. So, and, and build it, build it up. And it would be really, really interesting, a good match and everything. Uh, on the other hand, if, if he had uh, come in and took Hogan's spot, um, you know, my, in my eyes, I would, you know, he would take Hogan, Hogan's spots, Somehow, you know, I don't know whether the NWO beatdown would be enough to uh, have Hogan be off for a little bit and sell that or something. And then, of course, Hogan would come back. You get Hogan and Brett. But 
my thought process as I was thinking of that scenario, of course, Hogan would be out. And I would kind of trim the fat a little bit, you know, take off some of the lower card NWO guys. Because I'm assuming with Brett coming and Bulldog and Nightheart come with him, they would probably just kind of slide right into that NWO, the new NWO. Yeah. And that itself would lead to a future story with uh, eventually Hall and Nash and Brett would kind of, you know, the NWO would just kind of start the splinter. You know, you'd have Hall, Nash, and assuming X-Pac didn't leave when he did, and uh, whichever whoever decided to stick with them, that would be your core guys, you know, the Hall, Nash, and Pac. And they would, you know, they'd be like, you know, this isn't our original vision. This is what, you know, this is what the NWO is all about, not you guys. And then, of course, Brett, Bulldog, and Anvil. They'd stick with Brett, and then not NWO Red versus NWO White like we had, but you know it would it would automatically create a whole new storyline where the, those two bunches would be going against each other. So I don't know. That, that was my brain just kind of cycling through while I was watching this. Uh, no, I, I like it, and I, I think it's certainly one of the things we look back on and just you know how it was just <laughs> how did that happen? Um, Real quick before we get into uh, this day in wrestling history, uh, did you did you watch uh, any of the Dark Side of the Ring season one? Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen. I think I've saw all of it. I don't believe I saw the Moolah episode. I don't know if that was the last one on my DVR, and I just never did get back around to it or what. So this week, uh, Tuesday night, I believe. Uh, yeah, March twenty fourth. Um, season two is debuting, uh, and uh, they're gonna covering a two-part episode or yeah, two parts uh the benoit tragedy um they're going to cover uh the brawl for all uh dino bravo i think this is uh, twice the amount of episodes um so uh really good stuff there uh if you've not seen season one highly recommend it um this this looks to be even you know more in depth and, and better than season one so should be should be some good stuff. Um, so with all of that, uh, what have you got for us on this day in wrestling history? Uh, well, I actually only have one thing. Uh, it's not a huge happening, but um, on uh, March twenty second, nineteen ninety nine, was the uh, beer bath where ah. Austin gave the corporation the beer bath. So okay, well that's certainly an uh, iconic moment. Um, so yeah, uh, well I think I think that's all we got uh, for for this week. Uh, we'll see what the week to come or weeks to come, whatever we'll bring. Uh, just yeah, stay safe, wash your hands, stay home, watch some uh, classic wrestling, and as long as they keep producing, watch some current wrestling. Uh, just yeah hopefully all this craziness will pass soon <laughs> uh but uh but that's all i've got so yeah yeah i, I say this every week to close the show but uh guys stay positive